set? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> there we All go. Right. <laughs> and action. Action. Hola, bienvenidos a la cuadra de question question block. Yo soy Alejandro. I don't know how to say wires. I would be like Alejandro de la electricidad. I'm I'm Dr. Wires. Hello. Wait, are you? I thought you changed your name. I thought oh, you were wires. Wires and NYC. I go by many names. Tengo muchos muchos nombres. Ah. Y con, conmigo es la, la chica Ariel. <laughs> es, Ariel es. Arielisma. Okay. <laughs> I took I took a lot of years of Espanol in mm -hmm. uh, in high school. And, you've and I can understand it, but I can't speak it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Lo siento. Okay. This is Question Block, and uh, we're so, at Secret Loft. Mm -hmm. Secret Loft Podcast. Reporting live. And Feliz Cinco de Mayo. Everybody. Yes. And we're going to talk about the the origins. There's some really funny origin, Like, I LOL'd and, and at the, uh, the Eurocentric part of the origins. Yeah, as everyone Not, yeah. knows, this this is a comedy slash history educational podcast. Edutainment. So, yeah, we wouldn't tell you about it if we didn't think it was like really funny. So it turns out the origin of Cinco de Mayo is there's a lot of really funny stuff in it. There's like hipster emperors. Um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of great factoids. So we'll tell you the story of Cinco de Mayo. Then we're gonna do a a taste test of some Mexican beers, uh, which are all actually German-style pilsners, and Aaron yes. will tell us about the history yes, of Corona. Yes, I don't drink alcohol, so I'll tell you about the history of Corona to make up for that. Also, I have a, a soda that looks like Corona, so we can pretend. Yeah, we've even got the rare varieties. We've got the Tecate Michelada. Oh, wow. It's has, like a that Bloody has Mary. The, the bird, the, um, it's a beautiful The eagle can. from the flag, right? It, and it does, yes. Tecate uses the eagle from... Uh, what is that? That's back in like that the Aztec like you know myth yeah, of the, the founding eagle of Mexico holding the City. Snake. Yeah. And then like Dos Equis has a very cool kind of like Chicano art inspired can. Dos Equis is in that like Hemingway. What's the the hills like white elephants? What who wrote that story? Is that Hemingway? I don't know. Wait, wait, they're saying it, the can says Summer of Dos, which is funny because they no, could have just said they Verano. Order, they order Dos Equis <laughs> in that story. It's by some like in a Hemingway story. I don't know if it's Hemingway. It's like one of those. Maybe I didn't realize they were that old. One of those like, white guys. One of cool. those like dark white. Bukowski. Guys. Maybe Bukowski. He's more. It's recent. about abortions. Um, All right. <laughs> you should read it though. It's a great story, but it takes place, I think, in. Modelo Negra. In a uh, Spanish-speaking country. Modelo Negra can. And then we've got two two bottles, of course, the classic Corona. Yeah. And I'm drinking and a, a diet cream soda, but it looks like a Corona. Also, I don't like lime, so I have like a cool umbrella to put in it. Yeah, I'm I'm a, a bad. Uh, Who we'll puts a lime in a vanilla cream soda anyway? It's, yeah, it's, you're not a psychopath. I'm I'm a yeah. I I I don't. I guess I wouldn't like celebrating Cinco de Mayo the way that Americans celebrate it because I don't like I don't drink alcohol and don't like limes. You're allergic to avocados. Between the two of us, all we can do is give you the fun facts. I do love Mexican food, though. Don't, yeah. Don't get it twisted. But actually, the city of Pueblo, 
Puebla. At Puebla? Okay. It's it's confusing because it's a village. It's a battle of the Puebla. Or is the it battle, battle of Puebla. Puebla. It's okay. a village and the name Sorry. of the village is village. Oh, wow. <laughs> Puebla okay. means village. Well, we live in the village. We're in Greenwichville, right? Yeah. So la, yeah, La Puebla de Greenwich. Yeah. So we're in the village of village. <laughs> it could be like village or town, but yeah. Uh, they're, they're famous for uh, mole poblano. That like nice. the sauce that yeah, like yeah. no one can make right on the, uh, the savory cooking. savory chocolate sauce. Yeah, I know. I only know that like you should never try to make it in like a cooking thing because they always competition because they always get in trouble because like they always like try to make it real quick. It's extremely hard to balance the flavors. The judge right. is like, you should never try to do this quickly. <laughs> You should never. Well, you have to roast peppers, to, poblanos, to do yeah. it too, and that's so don't you know, it's don't take you ages. Yeah, don't make it quickly. But that's that's their uh, local cuisine. Also, uh, other than Puebla, no one in Mexico really celebrates Cinco de Mayo. It's kind of it would kind of like be like us celebrating Veterans Day. Yeah, by getting drunk and having like doing a bunch of racist <laughs> stereotypes, or it'd, well, like that. I mean, it'd be like Mexico celebrating American Veterans Day. Yeah, by dressing as like Civil War soldiers and getting drunk. No, by that dressing like basic bitches, because it's not even we're not when people celebrate Cinco de Mayo, they're not dressing as like oh, they're not dressing Mexican, as like Mexican like yeah, generals Zara, and stuff. General Zaragoza. They're dressing yeah. as like the stereotype of what they think every person in Mexico. So I actually want to see that. Like if you're in Mexico, um, you should, you should celebrate International Pumpkin Spice Day, whatever day that is, and just dress like a Karen and uh, Instagram that shit. Yeah. And I would love it. Just celebrate American <laughs> Veterans Day, but dress as like a yeah, white trash and cut your sleeves off and, and shoot a bunch of guns. Or like a tech bro. Yeah. Yeah. I think the American, yeah, the view of Americans abroad is probably the the sunburn, the gun coating, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, like, they're not people. They're sending their people over the border to Mexico. It's not their best. It's the sunburned <laughs> Southerners. It's not the tech bros. It's the ones we hate. Okay, so let's talk about this. Um, let's get to the history. Cinco de Mayo is not Mexican Independence Day. That happened, I believe, like forty years before Cinco de Mayo. Oh, De Dolores is uh, by a, a Spanish a Mexican priest. In, what in huh? 1821? It was called the okay. cry of the cry of Dolores. The cry of pain. I think this was also a village named Dolores. <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't live in that. That's like so this, metal. Uh, oh my this, god! This priest named Hidalgo lived there, and he he basically roused the townspeople to declare independence from Spain. From Spain, in 1821. okay. But okay. If I just say bigger picture, Mexico had a very bad nineteenth century. Very complicated. 19th Their nineteenth century. century was basically like I guess most people's twenty. Most people's twentieth century. Oh, okay. I mean, I had a great twenty twenty, but like I think most people didn't like it. So whatever. Yeah. So, uh, oh, so can yeah. So there's they declared independence. Um, there were there was a lot of uh, involvement from. France uh, and France and Britain and so independence. The independence Austria. movement started in 1821. But unlike right, the American Revolutionary War was like a couple years. The Spanish like War for Independence was like 12 years. Yeah. So it took forever. They finally are independent, 
Then there's the, the uh, Mexican-American War, where the U.S. basically seizes Texas and California. Uh, Texas was its own secession uh, in, like, the 1840s. Then Mexico has its own civil war between, like, the conservative yeah. Catholics Wait, and the liberals. And there's the first... So the, uh, the Battle of the Puebla takes place in the second... Like war of, the, of the Mexico, Mexican Franco or second French intervention. The first French intervention is called the Pastry War because, um, so France was they were in Mexico because Mexico owed them a bunch of money from France trying to help them and all these other countries that were trying to help Mexico. They really just they were like, oh, maybe we can take it and get closer to the U.S. I think that's the kind of what I gathered. During the second intervention or during the pastry war? Uh, before the pastry war. The, so a lot of countries that I had mentioned, France, um, Britain, Austria, they had all given Mexico a bunch of money to help them fight for their independence. Yeah. And so Mexico hadn't paid that back yet. So these were all proxy wars with right. Spain too, right? Can I, can I talk about was, the pastry Mexico war? Mexico was a Spanish territory. So it was a good way to like fuck with Spain which was, like, going bankrupt at the time anyway, uh, was to, like, support Mexico and their drive for independence. So there were a lot of French people living in Mexico. Mm -hmm. um, and the pastry war, I, I forget the year, I'm sorry. Uh, it, it, it was because a bunch of... Uh, it was... I don't know if it was the, like, the conservatives or the liberals, but a bunch of them were fighting and... They destroyed this pastry shop, and the French guy who owned the pastry shop was really pissed about it. And he, I swear, <laughs> this is, wires of NYC is giving me the side yeah. eye right now. Yeah, they but shoot out in a pastry shop. They, well, no, they just like destroyed it, right? And so he was really pissed. And um, oh god, they didn't even just damage it. They just, they just destroyed it. They did, and, he, and the French guy yeah. was like, "Sacre bleu, my my pastries, my crepes." So this led to a well. A he went war. to uh, he went to um, I think Juarez, right? Uh, you know, a, a, one of the rulers in Mexico, and he was like, "You got to pay for this shit." And uh, also, he went to the president. The to yeah. ask to have his pastry shop repaired. Yeah. Well, he was saying that it cost. He was saying that he wanted like ten thousand pesos. I think that. The pastry shop was like valued at a thousand, but he was like, because my feelings are hurt, I want more. And when Mexico said no, he was like, fine, I'm gonna go back to France and tell, tell, I'm gonna tell on you guys for destroying my pastry shop. And France, they were still kind of pissed because they wanted, they wanted their money back. <laughs> so they they took this as an excuse to like, they were like, okay, we'll go to war with you, you know, Mexico to get to get uh, our money. And um, that kind of petered out, and then <laughs> when was when did this? When was the front, first French invasion? Uh, you can look that up. It's okay. not really super important. I don't really care. It's just to, funny. The pastry war pastry is just war. funny. Yeah, it was. It was a real. It was a real jaunt uh, researching pastry war. It's funny. There's a bakery so in Houston French. called the Pastry War, which can is you, really offensive. Can you imagine if, if, if France and Mexico had, had like? gotten along better we could have like french mexican food what do you 
what do you think that would be? Would that be like snail tacos? It's a little dismissive. Like, <laughs> the French kept trying to take over Mexico. They couldn't get along. Well, no, but what kind of food do you think we would have gotten from that if oh. they had been BFFs instead of enemies um, forever? I guess the only, the closest I've had was, I've had Vietnamese tacos, which were great, which is French inspired by way of Asia. Yeah, but what would be French? Would, would it be a crepe taco? It'd be weird. Would it be right? a crepe be, with a hard outside? Or it'd be like duck confit inside a taco. Okay. All right. I'm really glad that they actually were not friends. That sounds gross. Yeah. Duck is gross. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. The pastry war just... It, uh, yeah. It, it fits right in there before the Mexican-American War and after independence. <laughs> yep. It's just a little boop. It's non like, hey. God, nonstop. Nonstop. They didn't get any rest. Um, but honey, they still look fabulous. Okay. Yeah, French forces sent by King Louis Philippe. Meanwhile, um, so there's this like parallel story of uh, this guy named Maximilian the first. Wait, no, no, what? we have no? to. It's before Maximilian, though. What is before Maximilian? We have to. Okay, so go back to the Civil War because that's how they got in debt. That's oh, an, important, an important setup here. You can talk about that. I don't... <laughs> okay. I already said they were in debt. <laughs> okay. So you've got your con the conservatives who oh, are Oh, the Mexican Catholic. Civil War. I thought you the meant Mexican the American Civil War. Because so, no. the American Civil War is happening, about to happen. That's important, too. Yeah. So the, the Mexicans... I've, by the way, I've opened the Corona and Modelo. And, Ariel, you can describe the differences. Okay. I don't know which is which. One of them is darker and one of them is lighter. Yeah. They're both light yellow beers. But the, the model is a little bit darker. Okay. Talk about the Civil Sorry. War. Uh, so, yeah, you've got the conservatives who are Catholic who want a very federal government and possibly even a monarchy. They want like a much They want more, a monarchy. It's monarchy. not even okay. possibly. They want okay. a monarchy. They actually do get, they set it up twice. Uh, one of these twice times is a spoiler alert. We're going to talk about that. And... One of them, yeah, they they set up. Uh... And meanwhile, the liberals want a democracy, uh, and right, Mexico has just emerged from being like a client state of Spain, so they still have like there's a form of serfdom, so there's like sort of slavery or the equivalent, basically. Uh, it's yeah, it's like pretty shitty place for like the proletariat, for the common people. So the liberals want kind of land reform and a a, a bunch of other like reforms. They want universal voting. Um, not for women, of course, because it's still the 19th well, century. Well, they weren't people. I mean, come yeah, on. but uh, <laughs> who are you we know, kidding? In general, um, yeah, they want you know more education, stuff like that. Fair yeah, and their that. leader is Benito Juarez. Yes. Yeah. Benito Juarez. Benito Juarez, and he was he's born. I love that there's just the sound of like beers opening. None of these I am opening. I am drinking a cream soda. I'm just setting up our taste test here. It is delicious. Yeah, uh, Benito Juarez was born very poor. His parents die at the age of three, and uh, he's a he's a man of the people. Mm -hmm. You know, he's he's yeah, he's a man of the people. He's 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 a socialist. Um, he wants he's against Catholicism. He wants separation of church and state. Yeah, it's because right, like none of this is happening in a vacuum. So. Mexico or the Mexicans can see what's going on in America, for example, too. So they know that, uh, right? And like 
Mexican independence is 1820s, right? American independence was like, right, 1780s. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, they, the Mexicans very much are inspired by like the American founders sort of ideals of like having a republic, like a democratic republic and everything. So they want this too. And the Americans were inspired by the French Revolution. Anyway, so history, everybody like gets good ideas from each other. Yeah. But so the, the Civil War happens, it's, it drags on for like, you know, several years. Um, and like both sides borrow heavily to like fight this war. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it pretty much like there like isn't a central government because it's a civil war. But, but both sides like go heavily into debt. Eventually the liberals win. They install Benito Juarez into power. Yeah. He's the president of the new like Republic of Mexico. And they have, you know, a, a pretty liberal constitution. They start getting ready to, like, push all these reforms through. Yeah. But the but these other countries that gave them money, they're, they're like, yeah, we want our money. So, But they're so stupid, those other countries, because it's like, dude, they only, they only, like, invested in them because they wanted to get closer to America. And they, they could see that shit was going down in America. So they were like, mm, we can, like, slip it in while they're not looking, you well, know. So one of the first things Benito Juarez does when he comes to power is he says, we're not going to pay back any of the debt for two <laughs> years. He, he issues, like, a, a law with, passed by the parliament or whatever. No debt repayment for at least two years. We need to get our, our shit together. Uh, and the, the main debtors are uh, the British, the Germans and France. And, you know, they loaned to both sides of the war. And they're like, basically, they went to the liberals who won. And they're like, you have to pay the conservatives that as well. Yeah. And Benito Juarez is like, no, you guys back the wrong group. I'm not paying the debts of like, yeah. Our and enemies. he was like, I didn't yeah. expect to win. He was <laughs> like, I'm not we're the underdogs. Like, who would have bet on us? Like, I didn't have a plan. And he really did. Like, he really didn't expect it was just like, I was only focused on like fighting. And now that we won, like... Well, there's no... You know. Yeah, you don't worry about paying back the debt. He's like, I need to not lose this war and be executed as yeah. a traitor uh, first. Yeah. So, yeah. So the the British, Germans, and the French signed the tripartite agreement uh, together, and they all agree. They're like, let's go shake down Mexico and get our money back. It was like the Austrians. The Austrians? The Austrians? Germans? Okay. No, it was actually the... Mm-hmm. French, British, and Germans. Not the Austrians. Okay. No. They come in a little bit. Okay. But they actually weren't owed money at this point. Or they, they weren't in the tripartite agreement. Tripartite. Okay. So they, right, these, uh, they send an expeditionary force. And the, so the plan from the European powers is like, let's go capture the port of Veracruz. It's a major trading port on the east coast of Mexico, like in, in the Caribbean or in the Gulf of Mexico, and we'll basically hold it for ransom until the Mexican government pays us. That should be yeah. easy. Um, but upon getting there, like, the Germans and the British were kind of like, mm, I think we'll go. Like, because they because they could see that the French were like... Well, they the, did. Like, Nepal- they did. They con- they conquered Veracruz with, like, no resistance, okay. and they held it but Napole- for a couple okay, months. So Napoleon, Napoleon III... He basically lived in the shadow of his his, uh, his uncle, uncle, Napoleon. who's Napoleon, the Napoleon. So at this time, Napoleon, the Napoleon, Napoleon III is emperor of the Second French Republic. Yeah, but he hasn't. He doesn't have right, any good empire. military history, like his uncle, and he just, yeah, he just kind of he wants everyone to remember him as the Napoleon and not, you know, not be like well, not that Napoleon, like. You know, 
So he he's like really set on like getting all of Mexico and also kind of sneaking into America while America's like distracted doing their own civil war. And well, once a couple of things are going on. Napoleon the third is he wants to support the South in the Civil War. Um, for one. But also he like would love to conquer Mexico. I okay. Thank you for summing up thank you for mansplaining what I just said. <laughs> um I mean there's lots of theories about that. Uh about what you like there are lots of theories about like him wanting to go like him wanting Texas or or all different sorts of things, like why he was so gung-ho about his plans in, in Mexico. But really once, I think once Germany and Britain sort of like saw this, they were kind of like, yeah, we're not, we're not like that interested. And they left. Is that. They signed an agreement with the Mexicans to, yeah, they took over Veracruz and Benito Juarez was like, okay, we can speed up the repayment plan. I'll, I'll give you guys something. Uh, if you like, please don't hold on to my port city because I need to make money to pay you guys back. So they they were like, okay, they signed a new agreement basically on like a debt repayment plan. Okay. So they, they refinanced. But while this is happening over the winter, while they're holding Veracruz, like negotiating this new treaty, the French keep landing troops uh, and they <laughs> land more troops over on the Yucatan Peninsula and like conquer other like cities like port or yeah port cities and so like the british and germans are also like oh all right the french are like kind of going overboard here and the, so the french signed the agreement as well but they don't leave and so the the, the germans and the british <laughs> are like okay I, I i see you guys are and so they just like sort of like sail back to, to their respective <laughs> countries and they're like yeah just send us the check when you're yeah when, when you guys, guys are, ready are done to pay us. yeah um but yes, the French now, they're ready for conquest. Yeah. And the U.S. Civil War has now started. Okay. So normally America would be... Manif or what is it? Not manifest. The Monroe uh, Doctrine. The Monroe Doctrine. The opposite of manifest destiny. The Monroe Doctrine was like, if we see you like with your hands on our cookie jar, we're going to freaking cut those hands off. But the Americans are distracted. So they kind of, you know, because the all these other countries in Mexico is a um, violation of the Monroe Doctrine, but the Americans are distracted, so they don't really do anything. So this actually was relevant during just last year, the whole Ukraine thing with like Trump, uh, for example, is that one reason it was such a big deal is they felt that like, uh, right, the US was trying to get Ukraine to dig up dirt on Joe Biden's son, but they basically felt that like Ukraine was getting involved in American politics. Yeah. And so they were like, it is a sacred, totally unfair thing the U.S. has held for over 200 years, which is if any other country messes in U.S. internal politics, it's an act of hostility. So oh. that's what it's, and it's, that's what the doctrine is. So that's why like, yeah, the, the British who had just recently lost multiple wars to the Americans, uh, right? And like the, the Germans were not interested in pissing off the United States. So getting involved in Mexico could be interpreted as interfering in American politics. I mean, it was. It was. They were just like, be very, very quiet. <laughs> the Americans, are, they're busy right now. It was like, don't wake daddy. You know, that game, mm -hmm. that like board game. They were like, okay, we're going to. 
This is this is Bam. This is Bam Margera, and it's four a.m. This is the second French incursion in Mexico. Yeah, sneak in. We're gonna sneak in. We have to be very quiet. America's like, damn it, Bam. I gotta, I gotta work in the morning. Stop, stop touching Mexico. That's mine. Napoleon the Third. Napoleon the Third. You can't be coming in in here touching Mexico. Um. Oh, also. Okay, it's really funny. So, like, the first time the French, you know, the first, like, Franco-Mexican war was the pastry war, right? And this one is uh, is called, oh, like, the, the Mexican Adventure, I believe. <laughs> like, there were all these, like, really shitty names that the French called their, the second involvement. Um, okay, so now we're ready. We've set the table. Yeah. Now it's time. Uh, so the, the French basically, they continue building up forces over the winter and then they march and, and basically start heading towards Mexico city and Veracruz is pretty much due east of Mexico city. It's not too far over land. So they quickly conquer, uh, like two other, uh, cities as they move inland from Veracruz Mm -hmm. and then they get to, and the, the Mexicans are still like, like, right. They've just finished the civil war. They do not have a large army. And so they you know, rush to defend, like, whatever cities they can on the way to Mexico City. And so uh, where they meet up is the uh, the Mexican general Zaragoza has a, a group of, I think, 3,000? He has, like, 2,000 two men uh, at the city of Puebla, or mm-hmm. I guess the Puebla of Puebla. <laughs> and so in Puebla, they... Uh, but Puebla fortunately has a really good fortress, like a, an old, big-ass, like, stone fortress. And the terrain is, like, sketch AF. So if you don't know it, you are fucked. Well, and then he also has the high ground. He has two, two uh, hills on the east side of town. Mm-hmm. And so the French are very confident because they believe they are the best. And they have 6,000. Napoleon III's army, they have six, so they've got three times as many men, and they're... They're all wearing red, which is very stupid. And they did wear red. We're standing there like, look at me. (laughs) But it is Napoleon III's army. So they think they're the greatest fighting force in the world. I mean. And they, yeah, so they. Next to like the other Napoleons. So they decide to charge the the strong point of the enemy defenses. Rather than just go around them on your way to Mexico City or anything else. They they attack the. Cocky bitches. The fortress on the hill directly. And it does not go well. No. They they get screwed. <laughs> so they, they're they driven back three separate times as they're fighting. Um, and so, like, they start in the morning. They get a good yeah. early start to get their asses kicked. What do you think they have for breakfast? Probably croissants. Okay. Croissant. Okay, pastries. Okay. They have pastries. <laughs> So they, uh, yeah, they charge the hill once, they're driven back, charge the hill, get a little further, are driven back again, and then they charge a third time. And by the third time, they had used up all their artillery, too. So they charge yeah. and get driven back, and they don't even have artillery cover. And uh, Who were they, they were throwing the croissants at that time? Well, I guess, yeah. And then Zaragoza Zer- had waited until this moment to come out of the, the like, <laughs> fortress, and he, like... Comes out with his cavalry and just mows down the French too. I love that. He so. was like, he, yeah, he's like, he's like, shh, not yet. <laughs> not yet. No, he waited. And the, yeah, he was very patient. Uh, French people, you have to be more patient. So, uh, 
yeah, he ends up, I think he he loses less than 100 men. The French lose over 500. Yeah. Uh, they're badly beaten. They have to retreat um, in disarray, being chased by horses. And so that's that's the Battle of La Puebla. And then Benito Juarez declares it a national holiday. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's, so spoiler alert, France actually does win this war. So we'll, tell the, we'll tell the rest of the story. So that's that's yeah. a patriotic holiday. That's what we're celebrating today on Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, but it's it's the it's like the vibes of that. But it's the it's the underdog story of that battle, not like the outcome of the the war. You know, it's like yeah, but it's, it's, a, it's a stirring victory. Good job. Yeah, and it's it was it was a battle troops. that was like fought in a day too. Yeah. Because a lot of the other things, like, they went on for a long time. So, and yeah. we'll we'll talk Think about... about the Hundred Years' War. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, do you want to... Should we taste test some beers and then tell the rest of the story of the war? Or do you want to continue? You want to taste... Because you had them all, all I poured, poured I poured out. them all in a line. So Okay. I you, mean, so I can... You can smell test them. I can smell test them. Can yeah. we... So, basically, how... Cinco de Mayo gets to America is the uh, advertising, <laughs> commercialism, but also, I mean, immigrants. Um, if you notice, there's like St. Patrick's Day. Uh, you know, there's Columbus Day from like the Italian immigrants and Cinco de Mayo's from Mexican, the Mexican immigrants, like... In in America, trying to have like a sense of community and have something that like everyone in their community celebrates. Yeah, so Cinco de Mayo got it became bigger in, in among Latino communities in the U.S. in the '60s during the Chicano movement, which is sort of like the like a Mexican heritage, like cultural appreciation movement, mostly among uh, Mexican Americans in Los Angeles and Texas. Texas, I think. Yeah. yeah. And then it became a, a national holiday because of beer companies. Yeah. So the the Corona company, I guess, uh, is actually a German company. And there, but there were a lot of Germans that moved to Mexico, um, just because they they found it a lot more chill than Germany. Mm-hmm. And um, they. Yeah, they wanted to make a beer that was like that captured the the vibes of Mexico where they were where they were stationed, where they were living. I don't know if they were even trying to do that because it, it just tastes like German beer. Well, they the vibes like the chill, like refreshing vibes, like it's less like intense. I researched. I don't know because I've never tried. I never like I don't think I've ever like tried beer in my life, oh. to be honest. But um So German I mean the Germans make different styles of beer, but a German Pilsner is a very light beer that is pretty much indistinguishable. They from put it in a beers. clear they put it in a clear bottle so that you could see you could see like the clear it, I don't know. I guess it just looks like more summery and like refreshing than like something in like a darker even like a green bottle you know to me personally like just aesthetically and then also they started putting the they started advertising with like the lime because um 
that just signified like you can have your own like vacation. It's like your vacation in a bottle, you know. I think the lime existed before the advertising execs got to it, actually. From what I've, I don't know if this is true or not, but I've heard it's like also hygienic reasons is because the lime has, uh, is acidic. It like helps to, to like, if there's, if there was any like dirt or like stuff on the neck of the beer, it like cleans it off. It was off. actually not hygienic though, because a lime is food. And so any bartender that squeezes a lime into your beer without gloves on, that's actually a violation of the food safety like rules. Yes, that's true. But you're, you hold it by the rind and just sort of. Mm-hmm. 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 I don't know. Okay, so you're going to taste test these beers. And then we'll tell you about Maximilian, who's like literally the first like appropriating hipster, and he's hilarious. Okay. And we can all laugh at him. So I, I've arranged them in order from lightest to heaviest, and then a specialty beer at the end. The okay. So we'll start with the Corona Extra. Like okay. To smell it. Oh. What are you getting there? Yeah, it smells like a cheap bar to me. It smells like the bar <laughs> offside downstairs, like that closed <laughs> downstairs from us. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a. Re- it really does smell like a bar, doesn't it? It's like a bit like a bad bar, like a like a not a bad a a a, a dive bar. I didn't mean to say bad. I'm sorry. Mm. Yeah, How's the taste, taste is. Does it taste just like it smells? Corona is a super neutral beer. It tastes a little better than it smells. Okay. Honestly, um, okay. it smells a little dank. But the taste is very, very neutral, a little bit bitter, but it's subtle. And uh, to be fair, I'm not drinking it with a lime. Some people also put a little salt in it, too. Oh. And that makes a big difference. Apparently the, uh, apparently in La Puebla, you would drink it with a orange, I yeah, think. Yeah, any citrus I think, fruit will I do. think that's something that I heard on, like, the Drew Barrymore. There was, like, some lady that was from there, and she was a chef, and she was on Drew the... Drew Barrymore is not from... No, they were on her show. Oh, okay. It was Ross Matthews and Drew Barrymore, and they were interviewing this, like, chef from La Puebla, okay. and she was, before like, you, saying... Before you lose a taste, let's keep on the... Okay. So this is Dos Equis. This one smells like a cork. Like, literally like a cork. Like, if you juiced a cork. Yeah, it's only the nose of the Dos Equis. They look about the same. They're yeah. both a very, like, a pale yellow color. The Dos Equis has more foam, though. Yeah, Dos Equis is a little foamier. And then the taste is actually even probably a little more subtle than the Corona. It's a little less sour, too. When you say subtle, you mean it tastes like water? Or yeah, more water. Okay. Less, even less uh, striking. Okay. Okay. And then we've got, so those those are your two quintessential Mexican light beers, Corona and Dos Equis. And then some people do really love Tecate, but I think Tecate is pretty similar to Modelo. So we'll just do that. So Modelo is the next one. You see this is a bit, little bit darker. Okay. Yes. Modelo is special. <laughs> Modelo looks like, it, like, it looks like someone's pee who's like very dehydrated. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit like very de- Like it's like when they're like, you need to drink water if your pee looks like this. Okay. Your pee looks like trash. So it's. I think it's. It smells like a cross between the two of them. Like it's. It's a little bit cork like, but it's also a little bit. A little bit bar like. A little bit bar like. It's bar. It's a bar cork. Yeah, it doesn't. Seem... Yeah, it's funny how pungent the Corona was. Yeah. Yeah, the Modelo, it's 
It's almost like it's more carbonated, like in your mouth even. It's more Oh, exciting. it's like fizzier. Yeah, it's fizzier. It's like a fiesta in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, Modelo is my favorite of this. And it's actually like a little sweeter than the others. Oh. Um, it has like a cool gold foil around the thingy too, around the, yeah. I don't know, the bottle. Yeah. I don't, it looks like fancy. I really have no Fancier. idea. So, so Modelo is, is not, uh, I guess none of these. You'll get a... Yeah, Tecate is like the bar beer, the cheap like Mexican beer you can get. And then Corona, oh, yeah, the you know, slipper is like room. Shout out the slipper room. They serve room. Tecates? They, 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 I think That's they had beer. like a ton of Tecates. I don't know if they were sponsored or something, but like yeah. there was one time it's, where I just, there was just like so many in there and that's their like house It's beer. their house beer. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of like having an exotic Budweiser almost. Mm, okay. It serves the same function. Um, whereas Modelo is generally re regarded as like a step up in like beer, beer tiers. And the Modelo makes two kinds of beer. So this is the the Negro Modelo, which is a dark, oh, a dark yeah. Modelo. Oh, okay. So that one tastes, I mean, smells like cork. Wait, let me, cork and like molasses. Like, little molasses caramel. Yeah. yeah, like cork, cork and caramel. <laughs> Yeah, and it's definitely more. Uh, it is now not a light beer. This is Modelo ne Negro is a uh, like an Negro. amber. Yeah, it's not actually black. It's this would be like you color, have hepatitis but, uh, if your pee looks like this. Yeah, it's also not not good too. But okay, and then we'll do the last one, which is for it's fun. Like orange. It looks orange. Yeah. Yes, because this is a a Tecate Michelada. Is out. <clears throat> That's not how you, isn't like, wait, orange, is that naranja? No. Yeah. Ah, it's all coming back to me. It's a Cinco de Mayo this miracle. It's almost a pink color. Let me um, see. Because they put tomato juice. Oh. And uh, pepper in it. It's a Bloody Mary. Okay. Slash beer. Oh. Oh. Oh my God, it smells like B8. But it doesn't look like, <laughs> it smells oh. like B8. Yeah. Oh no. Oh no, I'm scared for you. No, it's actually, if you like Bloody Marys, which I do, it's delicious. Oh, yeah. It's it's like having a light Bloody Mary, because Bloody yeah. Marys use vodka, and they're more intense. I like yeah. V8. I would totally, I would drink a, I would drink yeah. a V8. This is a good, like, you know, health fanatics. If you're trying to get more vegetables, you can have a, a Michelada. Wait, a Mich and that's by the Tecate company, or no? It's its own company. Yeah, this is Tecate made a Michelada flavored beer. Got it. Okay, because that's like a drink that they have. Okay. Yeah, usually you get it in a bar and they'll often they make it, they just make a Bloody Mary and stick a Corona in it sometimes. They do. This is, go to like, what's that Dallas barbecue at St. Oh Mark's? my God. Oh my God. They stick like eight Corona. You get like, yeah. a, you get like a pitcher of like, yeah, tomatoes juice and they put like six Coronas in it. That's like the they're drink. like, and then and then that's like your tombstone. I hear you're going to spill this all over the fucking. You're going table. to die. <laughs> you're going to feel like it. Yeah, you're gonna feel like the French after <laughs> their Battle of La Puebla. Well, the irony is it's actually a very low alcohol drink because it's mostly tomato juice with light beer. True. Oh yeah. Oh, fun fact. Fun fact. Yeah. Uh, more beer is consumed on Cinco de Mayo than on St. Patrick's Day. And you had a theory of why that We're is. We're doing our part here. You had a theory why. of why that is. And that is your theory. Mm -hmm. What is your theory? Wait, so it's, yeah, even more beer on Cinco de Mayo than St. Patrick's Day. Yes. Is it 
more than any other day? I think it's the third, the third moat. I don't know the third. Oh, what? Most do, you know, do you remember the other days? No. Okay. Sorry. This isn't a show about drinking statistics, so come on. It's I'm so bad with numbers. Like the fact that I remembered like any numbers today is a is a miracle. The Super Bowl has to be in the top two. Okay, but let's. What's <laughs> okay, your theory? <laughs> oh, because on uh, on St. Patrick's Day, the things you actually drink are Jameson's. Which, like, how many of those are you really going to have? Uh, and Guinness. And it's how really many Guinnesses are you going to have? Thick. It's the it's heaviest really beer. Thick. It's a thick boy. Yeah. On St. Patty's Day, you're not having more than, like, two Guinnesses. And then maybe you'll yeah. have, like, six Jamesons and, you know, fall down blind drunk. But, like, <laughs> on Cinco de Mayo, you could drink, you know, six Coronas with your Amigos and, like, still get up for work the next day. There you go. So that's why it's a it's a very sensible holiday. You think it's a very it. sensible. Let's celebrate this. Let's celebrate this military battle by drinking some light beers. Oh, also, there's like food. I just I just thought of this. There's like foods that go with it that you could get at a bar. So like guacamole. I mean, I know it's not authentic, but like guacamole and whatever. And so like that will absorb the alcohol. So maybe, but like St. Patrick's Day, they they're not like oh yeah, have like potatoes like at the bar like that. You know, that's not a thing. Yeah. Last year, at the start of the year, you know, pre-coronavirus, people, there was a meme that people would post because they were like, 2020 is going to be the best year. Halloween is on a Saturday and it's a full moon. Cinco de Mayo is on Taco Tuesday. And I was uh... like, okay. <laughs> and there are a couple others. Because um, Halloween was also, I think, uh, a blood the moon. end of daylight savings oh. time. So you got an extra hour on it. It was, okay. yeah, last year was, right. would have been a great party year. But anyway, it was a great party year for us. As so. you were saying, there's <laughs> there's tacos, there's guacamole, there's like yes, there's 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 like foods. food that absorb the beer. So really you can good keep bar drinking. foods, yeah, that go with it. St. Patrick's Day, if you want people <laughs> yeah. to drink more, you gotta you gotta. I don't you're know. Drinking, you're eating a shepherd's pie. Yeah, yeah, you gotta get some shepherd's pie up in in that bar. Which is delicious. So, uh, should we talk about Maximilian, my yeah, my favorite hipster boy? All right, that was our. I've been waiting for our this. refreshment interlude. Please tell us the rest of the the history okay. of the second. And you can French interrupt too. Persia. You can like totally interrupt. I love I love when you interrupt. Tell it's my about, favorite thing. It's my about. favorite. Tell us, yeah. So what happened after the Battle of Puebla? So well, so basically, the the Mexicans like they lose they lose the war. No. Yeah. Sorry. Ooh, yikes. Okay. Um, and Napoleon. Wait, let me interrupt with one little point. Benito Juarez, <laughs> the Juarez government evacuates Mexico City. But they're like still around. Yeah, they fight basically a long retreat with guerrilla warfare all the way up to the northern border of Mexico in what is now Ciudad Juarez. <gasps> Gag. That's why it's named after him. Oh, and, my God. The more you know. Later. You know, three years later, they stayed to come back. But for now, they're out of power. The French mm -hmm. have taken over Mexico. Yeah. And uh, Napoleon III, <laughs> he really wants to, he wants to put like a puppet government in place that is going to, like a, like a pawn. He wants to in, put a pawn in there. Mm -hmm. A rube. Yeah. Some hipster doofus. Yes, because he... Loves he, Mexican culture. Well, this he did not know. 
This is why we know Napoleon and not Napoleon the Third. <laughs> to be fair, one one cool thing: Napoleon the uh, Third, responsible for uh, basically the the layout of France currently and a ton of very cool architecture. Okay, all main, right, his all main right, contribution. all right. We'll talk about him on the architecture podcast. We will. <laughs> so, yeah, he want he's like who he's like I need a dumbass who will. He will, yes. you know, I can basically, like, whisper in the dumbass's ear and just, we'll just sort of, like. Some noble inbred. Some noble kind of, yeah, some noble dumbass who will be an emperor, the second the emperor well, of Mexico. And ideally has a claim, uh, some sort of claim to, like, the the former Spanish colony's throne. Right, because he they want to um, get the church powers flowing again in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, Napoleon has been he's been talking to the conservatives too, who lost the civil war, right? Who still want Juarez out of power? And, yeah, and he's been like, "What if I gave you a monarch like you were looking for?" Yeah, a like, monarch yes, who's like really conservative. Church, yeah, monarch. We are all about it. Let's suppress the. The proletariat. Yeah. Let's do it. So Maximilian, his brother is the emperor of Austria. And, you know, his his mom is, like, pretty cool. His dad is quoted somewhere. I read that his dad was a dimwit who who spent his days, like, eating dumplings, (laughs) eating, like, dumpling soup. So the Habsburgs, right, notoriously... A uh, very inbred family. Very inbred. Um, Maximilian was like, he was like super like blue, you know. So blue, I'm sure his parents were blood. like. His parents were probably pretty closely related to each other. As yeah. Were his grandparents, etc., all the way back. But he so. really couldn't like. He didn't have like all this pressure on him. Like there was so much pressure on him that there wasn't. Like he was like, I'm never gonna live up to my brother. So like, whatever. So he got into some traveling, and he, you know. He got into, like, some socialist ideals and, you know, just he liked he liked banging chicks around. the. He was doing a little taste test of his own around the world with some some ladies. A lot of them were like, you're not good enough for me. He would, like, fall in love with them and they would, like, dump his ass. So, so Maximilian's <laughs> entire life was a gap year. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> Just traveling around. Uh, he had he had oh. he had red hair. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Also, his so his brother kept trying to like help him out, and so he he was like, "Why don't you take over the Austrian naval force?" Which is very LOL today because Austria is like a landlocked place, but at the time, it the Austrian Empire included like every European country pretty much that we didn't that aren't like the big like it, it had like. I don't know, like Hungary. Yeah, and they must have had a route to the sea. Syria somehow. and like just all no, the, maybe, you maybe know. It did have Syria. Yeah, no, sure it did. It some, did. Okay, so they it had did. some some Middle East possessions too. So they're so sailing around. He the actually did a really really freaking good job with the with the navy, and his brother was like sweet. I think and he gave him something else, and like Maximilian fucked that up. Like he didn't do as good of a job. Mm-hmm. So his brother was like, I need to get this dude out of here. Like, what? how can I get him out of here? And Napoleon III 
was like, hey, I'll, you know, maybe you can get your, your dumbass brother out of here and I can have my puppet monarch. Mm-hmm. And they were like, sweet. Uh, Napoleon III didn't do any research into like the politics or like inner workings of Maximilian. He just was like, yeah, he's dumb. So the, he the checks Habsburgs out. The also like, they had their family line had a legitimate line back to the Spanish crown. Yeah. So that they could claim that like he actually was the right. The heir. next, they were like, oh, he's the next yeah. in line, which yeah. is like what? So they would they would be like the conservatives could be like he is our monarch. Yeah. It also, makes sense. Mex- he's descended from who should have been our king. Mexico had like legit like 70 different kinds of like power structures in the in like the the five years like it was something insane they like tried they did try like an emperor situation a monarch before and then that didn't work then they had like a democracy like post-independence yeah i mean they were just like running through it so like he might as well be the next in line like they were just making shit up at that point so but maximilian was like you know what i don't want to be the emperor unless the people vote for me and he was like, I really, um, this is like my sticking point. I They need to want me. This is where Napoleon should have been like, wait, and you're going to roll with an iron fist? Yeah, but <laughs> but he was, stu- they, he was also stupid, so yeah. So, um, so they, they, you know, Napoleon III is like, okay, sure. And they hold like a fake election. And they're like, yeah, 100% of the people want you. And Maximilian and his wife, and this is where Maximilian should have been like, wait, this country that just emerged from a civil war like a couple years ago? Yeah, <laughs> right. They unanimously voted to have a monarch. Uh, yeah, a, a European monarch take, like rule so the country. So he, he went over there with Charlotte of Belgium, his wife. Mm-hmm. And Charlotte, she, she married him because she was like, Oh, it's really like hot that he's into like all these other like he's like a man of the world or whatever. But he actually wasn't that like focused on her and he was into socialism, if you know what I mean, <laughs> in more ways than one. So Charlotte was kind of like she's a little bit bummed out, but she was kind of excited about going to Mexico because she was like, "Oh, like me and uh Maximilian can like build the country like back up together and like it's like a fun project for us and maybe he'll stop like sleeping around cuz we'll have to like stay in the castle with me for a moment so she got super excited for the journey and she changed her name to Car- Carlotta i believe mm-hmm. um and she started learning spanish they went over there um Maximilian you know, he was wearing the he was like wearing the sombreros and shit and like the capes. Ponchos. Ponchos. He got, a, he got very he had a poncho period. He got very into it. Um, he, had a poncho he still period. he still was like a redhead and probably very prone to burning. He looks like a werewolf. <clears throat> but he had big sideburns. He, yeah, he looks like <clears throat> a werewolf. Um like a redheaded werewolf. Do you want to hold them guy. Up so yeah. that people can see who are watching yeah. the stream? Let's, he looks like the guy who would bring a, a phonograph to your local coffee shop in Williamsburg. Yeah, And then play salsa tunes and be like, the only true music is... I'm, I'm uh, finding... Let's see. Is, is Mexican, uh, Mexican laborer songs from the 1840s. Oh, my God. Okay, wait. I just found, like, a really sexy picture of him as, a, as like, a boy where he looks like a really 
really hot like girl kind of like okay right so i'm gonna a, hold that podcast, up so please just show it i'm to gonna them. hold that up show it to them we need to move on and then uh yeah so there's like this picture where he looks like this sexy it was like he's holding like a stick too in like a very phallic way it's like someone painted this wanted to get in this little boy's pants anyway uh oh and then he's like hot in uniform too with these epaulets yeah, he's getting some sideburns, just though. just one photo and then... I'm trying to find his, like... Oh, man, they don't have, like, the ugly photo. Okay, wait, here we go. Yeah, then we have, like, super hipster... He had a good beard and a good a good side... Good chops. Yeah. Good mutton chops. He kind of looks like a, a... If you look up Birdie from the Nick, he kind of looks like him mixed with, like, a werewolf. <laughs> okay. Let's move on. That's enough describing yeah. the physical characteristics of Maximilian. So how oh, yeah. was he it's as a king? You mean an emperor? Uh, how was he as a Mexican emperor? Well, so he was really convinced that the Mexican uh, people had voted for him and wanted him. He was really 100% convinced. And he was very touched by this. So he went there and he basically... Uh, reinstated all of Juarez's policies and he kind of like, you know, he like defunded the police. He like kind of defunded the church. He separated religion and state. He funded schools. He abolished the whole like serfdom caste system, which was like a major deal. Yeah, big deal. And he basically reenacted all the liberal reforms and the conservatives were like, they were like, (laughs) They were like, oh my God. He's supposed to be benefiting the aristocracy. And, he, and the liberals were like, we still hate him. He's white. <laughs> like, Yeah, the liberals, the liberals were like, well, this isn't as bad as we thought it would be. But yeah, you still, you still took over our country. <laughs> yeah. And also, I feel, yeah, he was like super, he was like, but I'm wearing your poncho and like I'm playing your instrument and like you know and Carlotta was like like her ladies in in waiting she was like I want to get you ladies educated and they were probably like we don't we just want to live in the castle with like stop making us like you know like they were probably like fuck we just want to we just want to be like hot and shit like stop trying to ruin that for us (laughs) maybe not maybe they had dreams of their own I don't they wanted to be clean I, yeah, I feel like their dreams. I mean, for me personally, I would be like, I don't want to know how to read. That gets people in trouble. I just want to like wear pretty dresses and, you know, be in an air conditioned castle. All right. Well, maybe you wouldn't be, <laughs> wouldn't be a good, uh, yeah, liberal revolutionary Mexican in the 1860s. I would not. <laughs> I would not have been. Um, okay. So but then, I wouldn't have been an appropriating... So, so let's get... A Carlotta. Right. I wouldn't change my name to Ari- Arielista. So about about two years pass, and then um, Juarez, Benito Juarez has not gone away, and he... He's like, I'm still here. He's like, guess who's back? The American Me. Civil War ends. And they're like... Wait. They're like, what... What's going on down there? They well, like they, they knew they had just been too busy and like yeah. they were like, you know, also going bankrupt fighting this war. So uh yeah, the uh and also like during the American Civil War, uh 
Lincoln did not want Lincoln, like in the North supported Juarez. Um, oh yeah. They were like pen pals, I think. Yeah. But they didn't want to get involved, uh, because they were worried that France in retaliation would then support the South and like further drag out the civil war. Can you imagine French Southern food? That would just be a f- so much butter. Have you been to Louisiana? Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so stupid. It would be beignets. Yeah, true. It would be New Orleans. It would be like crawfish. Um, and I think that was part of it, in part because the French territories had been in the South, is why the French kind of supported the the Southerners. Um, and who knows whatever other reasons. Maybe they sub... I don't know. It was weird. They, the French didn't support slavery, so it's weird that they would support the South, but they did. They were inclined to support the South during the American Civil War. So anyway, mm-hmm. Lincoln didn't want to get involved. That's why the U.S. had not helped out Juarez prior to that. Civil War ends... The North is, you know, back in control. We're a democracy again. And uh, so, yeah, the America provides guns and, like, support. Oh, I love the way they do this, though. They just, it's so topical. They legit just, like, it's like an accident. Like, they're just, like, they just drop that. Like, they're just, like, oops. (laughs) Yeah. They just, like, drop weapons. They're, like. Oh, we're taking these somewhere and they just like forget them like conveniently. <laughs> yeah, this is how you arm insurgents. I mean. Yeah. There's just like a lady with like a big skirt and she just like sits down on a bench and then gets up and there's like 30 guns and she's like. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> a practice that was really perfected throughout the 20th century by America and funding various like coups and other revolutionary movements. But. It's eighteen hundred. It's eighteen hundred. It's a simpler time. So, so Warr starts winning some battles. He still, of course, still has the support of the people. Oh, and he starts basically gaining ground back from the French. And in eighteen sixty-seven, Maximilian is like he's like super hurt, but also he's still <laughs> so his feelings sad. are like so sad right now. And he, yeah, they're very hurt. But um, you know, he's like the the people. They still want me. You know, and but and he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this decree, and it's like gonna be the darkest decree ever. It's called the Black Decree, and he's like, anyone who, anyone who like, uh, fucks with me or like with my monarchy, I'll I'll, I'll murder them. So this is kind of out of character for Maximilian. Yeah, but it's because his feelings are hurt, and he's emo. But he does decree that anyone engaged in rebellion. Which is basically, yeah, will be sent, will be executed, and he and like a mad, and like he's makes good on it too. Like he kills like mad people, but this and is that like, really restores the everyone's faith in him. Well, this is a really bad way to deal with a rev- revolutionary group that has the support of the people because now they will never surrender, right? Because yeah, you've just told them you're going to execute them if they do. And France, France is like they're you know America's like France. You better get the fuck out of there. And France is like, oh, we were just going. Okay. And they like, they're like, Maximilian, you gotta, you gotta go too. Yeah, so, and he's like, so, I will not go. I will not go silently into yeah. the night. At this point, the French do, yeah. yeah, they step in and they're like, we hey man, we're this was cool. It was a cool three years, but we gotta. We and he's like, to, no. I don't want to. <clears throat> well, Maximilian still believed that he had the support of the people because yeah. he was super out of touch and I guess had not yet finished his Spanish lessons to where he could just go ask somebody. Yeah. And uh, Car- Carlotta, she was like, I'm going to go back to Europe and ask for help. And I'll tell I'll tell you after all this, like, what happened with her. So Maximilian is like, yeah. he's like, look, you saw the referendum. 
100% support. There's no way that the people want yeah, me to leave. I don't believe. And so, that, yeah, and meanwhile, the French are They should have like, known with those mutton chops. Like, they're dude. Like, they're like, okay, dude, but like Juarez now has like the support of the entire country and is marching on Mexico City. And he's like, no. We've got maybe five days to get out of here. And you said that you were going to execute him if you won. So what do you think is going to happen if like Juarez wins? And uh, Maximilian was like, no, the... La gente. <laughs> La gente me van a soportar. Yeah. And uh, they didn't. The people did not support him. So no. the French left. Yeah. French, French were like, au revoir. The French troops stood down. I will smoke my cigarettes and I will, yeah. Benito Juarez retook Mexico City mm-hmm. in 1867. Retook. I like that. And uh, <laughs> yeah. And then he, Benito Juarez then enforced the Black the Decree. Black decree. This was controversial because people had, some people advised Juarez, they were like, so as not to piss off the Austrians or the French, you maybe shouldn't kill their monarch. You could just send him home. Uh, but And he's like, I will send him home dead. <laughs> yeah, Juarez for, I don't know if it was out of spite or just he was so mad about the Black Decree and having all, you know, I think, previously I think so. Like, he was like, oh, now I'm going to decree the, your own decree on yourself. Taste like, your I'm going to give you a taste of your own mole poblano. Okay. <laughs> so they ex- they executed yeah. Maximilian, and his body was sent home on the same ship that had originally brought him to Mexico three years yeah. earlier. This is really sweet, though. What? So he had... Oh, so they sent him to... This is not sweet. They sent him to prison, right, before the execution, the firing squad. Yeah, yeah. He's in prison. They gave him a bunch of books uh, about King Charles, <laughs> which is like so what? shady. Yeah, um, because like also like a monarch would have been executed. Like they're like, here's some reading for you in your cell, right? They took all of his money except and like all of his shit except for like a little bit of money that he kept and he gave it to the firing squad and he said please don't shoot me in my face because I want my mother to see my face one last time that was it was very sad and his last words actually were oh yeah here we I have I'll pull them up so we can read them because they're like so sweet it's like you poor stupid hipster boy yeah none of this to excuse the whole like you know forcibly taking over a country and that he shouldn't have known better, but very sad. Oh my God. Can I read his full words. name too? Just Oh yeah. Let's hear it. His B- Ferdinand Maximilian Joseph Maria von Habsburg Lothringen. <laughs> so that's, that's a, that's a really white fucking name. Okay. Spanish name. <laughs> yeah. What it's were his bottom. last words? Uh, oh man. Where, where there, no, you passed it. Oh, I did. Okay. There you go. I forgive everyone. I forgive everyone and I ask everyone to forgive me. May my blood, which is about to be shed, be for the good of the country. Viva Mexico. Viva la independencia. Uh, yeah. Which there I don't even... There was a 15-man uh, firing squad. He was killed for opposing... Independence. So like, what the hell? it's like, yeah, I don't know. I suppose he would have just oh, no, surrendered. His body if, was embalmed and, and displayed in Mexico, and then it was sent. Yeah, and then it was sent off um, to Austria. Yeah. Also, they kind of fucked up. So they, I guess they, they, yeah, they embalmed it, um, and 
now it's in Austria and you can like go look at it if you want. But they, um, I guess his face was kind of spared, except they, you know, when they embalmed it, they had to like take out his eyes and put like glass eyes in, but they got the color wrong. Just little fun trivia fact. So, uh, did he have, do you think it's because he had blue eyes? Yeah. And, uh, and like the, the like, they didn't have, they the didn't have that. Mexico is like, dude, we just have brown. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, people, <laughs> yeah. damn it. It's like, yeah, we don't get a lot of European monarchs in the morgue. Where yeah, we have in the them. embalming morgue. Yeah, usually so. we're just doing like Mexican priests. So sorry. Yeah, that's that's so he he had a jaundiced eye. That's great. Even in death, they must have given him like brown eyes. Yeah, they did. They did. <laughs> that's all right? we got. Isn't that funny? That's great. So you want to? Can I tell you about Car Carlotta real quick? Yeah. So Carlotta, she went to ask for help in the last days of Maximilian's reign, right? So what happened yeah. to her in Europe then? Well, they were like, we're not going to have, they were like, no, we, we, no. <laughs> like, uh -uh. no. We didn't like him. We no, didn't. America told us to get GTFO. We are not going back. Yeah, and they're like, we don't, we don't like him. Um, oh, I forget what the Pope's, they must have, there must have been so many discussions where Carlotta was like, but what about the referendum? Yeah, what about like everyone who, yeah, people? and they were like, girl, like, like about you, that. You didn't believe that. Come on, you, you believe that. And she's like, he's a, he's a socialist. He's helping them out. Yeah, she's like, oh my yeah. God. Hey, Remnick, people, hey. We're just telling the, the story of the second French incursion mm -hmm. in Mexico, which led to single Or the Mexican adventure. <laughs> Mexican adventure. I swear, that's what the. I I believe it. Yeah, it says um, in Wiki Wikipedia, it was the Franco, also known as the Franco-Mexican War and the Mexican adventure. That's what the French called it. So by the way, the losing side always comes up with a silly name because some certain Southerners like to call it the War of Northern Aggression. Oh yeah. The Civil War. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Carlotta goes. She goes and she uh, she asks for the Pope's help. The Pope? Yes, the Pope. Um, okay. I'm going to... Do you want to look up... Oh, I guess because he was a conservative and the, the conservatives were Catholic. So she's like, Pope, you got to help out. And the Pope's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, who are you? Okay. Um, she goes... Wait, I'm, I'm just seeing like who the, the Pope... The Pope's name was because I forgot. I think he said it was Urban. I don't think it was urban. That might have been several years. It was like earlier. something that means like friend friendliness. It was like Popeyes. Popeyes. I was like friendliness. Poor oh. poorness. Okay, so okay. Popeyes. She goes to Pope. <laughs> Pope po friendly. Pope friendly. Like, Sorry, can't help you. Pope good. Good Pope. Okay. Well, she then becomes paranoid because I guess you would, right? Because like your husband's like a he's poly, right? He's because that's the thing. He was, like, fucking around the globe uh, even while they were married. And um, so she's, like, maybe a little little bit paranoid then, you know, checking his tweets and his his texts and stuff like that. His, and his carrier pigeons. She's, like, the a original little bit, tweets. you know, she, yeah. She's, like, put the pigeon on the phone. <laughs> like, right? So she's, like, a tiny bit paranoid. And then she goes to, you know, she thinks the Mexican people love her. And she kind of gets the vibe that they don't. But, you know. And then she goes back to Aust to Austria and like Europe and she asks for help and she thinks those people like her and they're like, they're like, honey, we never liked you. The Mexican people never liked you. And she's like, 
getting super paranoid. And for some reason, she thinks um, this paranoia all goes into, like, she thinks that everyone's trying to poison her. Keep in mind, this was also the era of, like, the Victorians and fainting Oh, of poisoning. Like, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think they believed hysteria was a medical condition caused by having a uterus there. Well, there are lots of reasons for her to go crazy. She was just like super or be diagnosed as being crazy at the time. She I, no, she was clearly crazy. Like oh, okay. there's no, it's not like she was diagnosed. Like she like bitch stopped eating food and she was like I'm being poisoned and she went to Pope Pius and she also she, was a Oh, she wasn't a Habsburg. She married into the family. Yeah. Sorry. She was she was a princess too. of Belgium and yeah. it's really like France and France, like, really wanted to, like, France and Austria, like, they were, like, trying to, they kept trying to, like, marry people, like, Marie Antoinette and, like, Louis, you know, they were, like, kept trying to, like, make friends and stuff yeah, through that's these how you marriages. Keep, that's how you keep from going to war. But, like, it kept not working. Marriage. So, yeah, she was super paranoid. She's not, she hasn't eaten in three days and she goes, she's, she's looking snatched, honey, though. She's, like... I don't even need my fucking corset anymore. I'm so a skinny bitch. No, she actually just like so you guys don't worry about her. She <laughs> ends up living longer than any here. of these people. She lives to like eighty six. Okay. okay. How many okay. kids did they have? They could not have kids. Oh okay. I see. Yeah. <laughs> they cannot have kids. Yeah, Maximilian actually. They so adopted well. some Mexican children though. <laughs> Very Angelina Jolie. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. They they did they adopted they uh, Maddox and you know so she she went to Pope Pius and he was drinking hot chocolate as he do and she was like okay this hot chocolate it's it can't be poison because the Pope is drinking it I don't know what's an embellishment here or it's not it's a good part of the <laughs> he thing he was drinking hot chocolate he was <laughs> I swear okay. to I swear to Pope Pius I don't know because what... it's like in his diary he was like I was drinking some hot chocolate the tea was hot. The hot chocolate was hotter, and I was drinking it. Just trying to get clear. Yeah, he didn't say that in his diary, but he was drinking hot chocolate. He was. Okay. And she started scooping it up with her hand because she was so fucking hungry. And she was like, oh, my God, okay, so, like, it can't be poisoned because the Pope is, like, drinking it, and no one would poison him. So she's, like, she has it, like, all, like, she literally has, like, a shitting grin, and she's like, you got to help me. They're trying to poison me, and Pope Pius is like, He's like, there, there. I'll get you your own hot chocolate. And he, like, brings her her own. And she's like, I'm not going to drink this because it's been poisoned. So it goes, you know, stuff goes on like that. Her, like, different fringe relatives and the Pope, they kind of, like, look after her. And there are all these different accounts of, like, you know. that bad. You're a Belgian, you know, princess. Yeah. So... They didn't remarry her to anybody? She's she too crazy. She too crazy. Okay. She just had like this poison delirium. But, you know, she was looking snatched because, you know, she wasn't eating that much. And uh, the I guess paranoia keeps you on your on your feet. She avoided danger and she lived till like 86 years old. So, yeah, that's what happened to her. Okay. Well, then, I suppose... Kind of anticlimactic, but... Sums up the story of the French adventure when they took over Mexico. The French adventure. The Neptune adventure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, I mean, after that, once wars came back into power, I mean, they were still... The history of Mexico is rich and varied throughout the rest of the 19th century. But that's a story for another time. Yeah, it is. 
So this was like kind of, it was like a shorter one. Um, so normally this would be where we plug rave review and we're like, oh my God, this weekend we're going to have a rave. But this weekend is all about the mothers. So we'll be going to visit some new mothers. We're going to visit some moms this weekend. Some moms. Um, so we won't be having rave review this weekend, but the following weekend it is going to be on. Mm-hmm. So we'll be back. We will not be having a rave review this Saturday. We'll be right. back Wednesday right here at 8 p.m. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Talking about plants. Plants. Talking about horticulture. Horticulture, hunty. And then uh, next Saturday we'll be having. We have a plant <laughs> rave. A house plant. A house plant. A deep house plant. We're going to be talking about house plants and desert plants and rainforest plants and flowers and cacti, succulents. Yeah, we'll be blooming. Yes, it's going to be blooms day for everybody, even though that already happened. But Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people have been requesting, uh, shout out to you, the people who have been requesting um, a a show and a rave about plants and flowers (laughs) and the like. if you would like to request a topic for us, you can you can comment, you can DM on Instagram at SacredLoftNYC. You can leave us a five-star review and suggest only five-star reviews. That's all. That's mm-hmm. that's the only star that we accept. The only payment that we accept. True. Very true. Yeah. And uh, if you're listening to this on podcast, I hope you like the sound of our voices. I'm sorry you didn't get to see us in person. But, if you uh, want to, though, you can watch. There's a Insta- IGTV video. There's a YouTube video. And follow us at twitch.tv slash secretloft. Yeah. And then you'll be notified when we're live on video next time. True. Yes. And thank you so much for, like, just, like, vibing with us. And, so, like, happy Feliz Cinco de Mayo. Feliz Cinco we de learned Mayo. a lot. I learned a lot. <laughs> I learned so much. I learned a lot this podcast i did i knew that cinco de mayo wasn't mexican independence day i did know that but um oh i wanted to summarize yeah. can we if we can close with a little fun i read uh yes it was an article and it was like top google searches using the word cinco de mayo to <gasps> illustrate like how clueless Ooh, americans what, are what 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 so what i mean a great one is like when is cinco de mayo ah that's great oh my god people are so stupid <laughs> like, i do have one. like some fun uh, that was a good one. Another was uh, is Cinco de Ma- is Cinco de Mayo Day of the Dead? That's like, wow, 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 honey. Every day is Day of the Dead. Um, and the then dead my, are all around us. My <laughs> my favorite was uh, Cinco de Mayo mayonnaise question mark because it's Cinco de Mayo. Oh, oh my God! That would just be like. Um, <laughs> sriracha mayo, which is delicious. Yeah. No, sriracha is uh, from Thailand. It'd be like Tabasco mayo, mayo, if there were such a thing. Yeah. Oh, there's, oh my God. Oh my God. This is my favorite fact. All right. Let's end on this. <gasps> okay. Let's hear it. Okay. So in Denver and Arizona, they they hold an annual chihuahua chihuahua race of chihuahuas, like the dog. Mm. Oh my god, they're so cute! Chihuahuas are so cute. Oh, I love their little their little heads. 
Oh my god. Oh yeah. So like the war, it, if we did it in dogs, would it be like it would be like French, what French bulldogs and if, chihuahuas. If they were to do the equivalent of the the puppy bowl that they do for the Super Bowl, but Battle of Puebla. <laughs> <laughs> it would be 6,000 I'm French dead. Bulldogs. I would die. I would be the casualty. <laughs> I would be like... 2,000 chihuahuas facing off. Against 6,000 French, 6, French Bulldogs. And honestly, like, the French Bulldogs would lose because they would... They what? would not agree of which direction. They're not very unified. But they're breed. also trying to, like, run up a hill towards a fortress. And they'd be like... And the chinchillas <sighs> are just trembling in fury. Inside, Wait, you mean the chihuahuas? The chihuahuas, sorry. I mean, that would be a whole nother chinchillas against sorry, French that, bulldogs. Sorry, that'd be a rodent battle. I misspoke. Yeah. <laughs> the tails whooping around. Yes. Uh, we can do that. We can make it happen. All right. We'll leave you with that visual image. So thanks so much for joining Yeah, us. I'm like beside I'm like beside myself right well, let now. Let me pull up our, uh, our outro Cinco de Mayo song. Yeah, there's a really great Cinco de Mayo playlist <laughs> on Spotify. Yeah, it's called My Set Next Weekend. Yeah. Well, no, it won't be. Well, no, no, it can be. We can do it for like one of the flower regions. <laughs> yeah. Are you snapping, or is that your Moroccan? Oh, Moroccan hands.